You're listening to the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Here we go. Hosted by industry expert, trainer, and motivator, Scott Love. Hi, this is Scott Love, and you're listening to episode number 18 of the Great Recruiter Training Podcast. Well, you're starting to see business pick up, I'm sure. Uh, You guys know that I do a lot of coaching and a lot of consulting to search firms all over the world. Every day, I'm consulting to an owner or recruiter about some sort of an issue that they have with candidates or clients. Even from the coaching club, every time we do a coaching club call, we always open it up to celebratory moments. We want to hear about recruiters making placements and let them talk about that. Uh, The good news is that I'm seeing a lot more placement activity out there. Companies aren't saying, we're not hiring anymore. You know what? They are hiring. But you want to be careful because you want to work for those companies that have a high likelihood of going forward quickly with your candidate. They might be hiring, but they're also at the same time trying to keep from paying search firm fees. A lot of you know that your competitors have become your clients. The search firms that you used to compete with, a lot of those folks went in-house. So now your clients have become your competitors. That means that they used to pay a lot of search firm fees. They figure, well, let's just hire recruiters that used to be third party. Let's give them all the resources, like all the job boards and all the internet tools, and we won't have to pay as many search firm fees. So you're going to have to do things different. And what's interesting about that is that it goes back to the fundamentals, recruiting people via the phone. You're going to have to seek out those candidates that are next in line to be promoted that your clients can't get access to. So the bottom line is this, that there are changes in the industry, but the more things change, it seems like the more it stays the same. This business is really about you engaging strangers over the telephone. That's what it comes down to. About a week and a half ago, my wife and I flew out to California. I keynoted at the California Staffing Professionals Annual Meeting on Friday morning. What a great group. They had it in sunny San Diego, one of my favorite cities in the world. Someone came up to me and they said, I really appreciated your speech. It made a difference for me. And they noted that I was one of the few speakers that really didn't say anything about the Internet. And I started thinking about that. And I guess I want to caution people that there's two main concerns I have with the Internet. Number one is that it can seem like this shiny silver bullet that can solve all of our problems. But the fact is that the best tool out there is the telephone. I would rather you invest thousands of dollars in your sales skills, your communication skills, because that is what is going to get that candidate that's next in line to be promoted interested in your client's opportunity. Let let me give you a tip. High-level people, high-performing people don't read Twitter, okay? I mean, they just don't have time for that. CEOs, high-level executives, they don't. Their minions do in HR. Uh, You know, if if your target market is HR, then that's probably a good place for you to spend your time. But if you're trying to reach managing partners of firms, CEOs of companies, senior level executives, social media is maybe one very small arrow in the quiver. The telephone has an equivalent value of about 20 arrows. That's the tool that you need to master. Now, that's just my own opinion. And like I said, I consult to recruiters all over the world, and the business has the same problems in California as it does in New York. The same challenges that recruiters in Australia face are the same ones that they have in Hong Kong. I know this because I do this every day. If you are not committed to facing your fears and picking up the phone and talking to people, you will never be successful in this business. That's just my own opinion. So that's the first problem with the internet is that a lot of people think that it's going to be the solution that it's not. 
second deal with the internet is this is that it's going to suck you in and it's going to keep you there and it's not going to let you out until your day has passed okay i know this from my own experience so a tip that i have learned that helps me especially if i'm going to be doing my internet research is to take my iphone and set the timer for 30 minutes and when the timer goes off my internet research stops i would be willing to bet that most people that think that they're doing a lot of good things on the web like twitter facebook social media all that stuff linkedin okay they're probably spending about 25 to 30 percent of their time doing non-placement activities on the web and i'm not talking about research i'm not talking about expanding your network i'm talking about all those things that have nothing to do with making placements about a quarter of your day let me make a suggestion two things number one plan out your day and keep track of how you spend your time and every time let's just say you plan out your day on your Microsoft Outlook calendar and print it out and every time you deviate from your plan take a red marker and put a dot in that box so let's just say from 9 to 10 you were supposed to be making outbound recruiting calls and you make a personal call well put a red dot in the box or you check email put a dot in the box what do you mean not check my email for a whole hour absolutely right it can wait an hour if it's an emergency, they're going to call you directly. You're going to see who it is, and you'll know to pick up. Unless you're expecting a certain email that's critical, don't check it for a whole hour. Close it. Close your email. Don't even check it. Focus on making those outbound calls for that one to two hour period of time. Here's another tip. Expand your phone time by one hour each day. So if you're on the phone for four hours, I want you to find another hour. How are you going to do that? Well, these three things. Number one, increase your day by 30 minutes. That means come in 15 minutes early and stay 15 minutes later. Now, if you have a problem with that, you're, you're not going to make it in the business. Okay, if you're not willing to put more time in, then you're not going to be as successful. And I don't mean you're not going to make it. You're going to make it, but you're not going to reach your full potential. You have to put the time in. So let's just say you expanded your day by 15 minutes in each direction. So if you come in at 8 o'clock, well, start coming in at 7.45. If you leave at 5.15, start leaving at 5.30. So you've expanded 30 minutes. Second thing you're going to do is find 15 minutes in the morning and expand your day that way and 15 minutes in the afternoon. The time that you spend doing internet research or doing things that aren't related to placement activity, expand it 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon if you do those those two things come in 30 minutes early and find another 30 minutes in your day what have you done you've added 60 minutes of phone time to your day so let's just say if you usually make four hours of phone time outbound calls to clients and candidates if you expand it by one hour what have you done what percentage increase is that that's a 25 percent expansion Second thing you can do by using the telephone discipline tool, and that's a free tool on the freebies page of my site, you can keep track of how many connects per hour you make. If you usually reach four people per hour and you expand that by one more connect per hour, what percentage increase is that? That's a 25% increase. That's a concept called throughput. Third thing I want you to do is increase your conversions by 25%. So let's just say that if you talk to a certain number of people and out of those people whether it's 10 people or 20 people four of them tell you yes yes I'm interested in hearing about opportunities see if you can get one more person through your sales effectiveness or where you master the recruiting call and by the way if you remember the coaching club log in and listen and memorize this the 75 minute program called engaging the passive candidate print out that 
uh, learning guide associated with that and memorize that scripting because that will get you at least 25% more people telling you yes. You want to master that. Folks, this is your business. This is your livelihood. It's not just that. I really think this should be your passion. If you don't have what Ray Kroc said was ketchup flowing through your veins, you're not going to make it in McDonald's. Ray Kroc founded McDonald's and he told his franchisees, you've got to have ketchup flowing through your veins. If you don't dream about this business at night, I really don't believe you're going to be successful. It has to be in you. Now, for some people, this is a good job. Recruiting is a good job and that's okay. You can make a really good income compared to other things. But really, what I really believe this business is all about, it's, it's really a personal development opportunity disguised as a job. And that was what my keynote was in California. Their theme for the conference was finding buried treasure. And I talked about how when you come into this business, you think that the treasure you're going to find is money. And what's ironic is that the treasure that you really find is the person you become through that process. And ironically, by growing in your character, by growing in your soul, you're going to make more money. When it doesn't become as important to you, that's when you're going to start making it. It's kind of funny the way that works. The, the, the people that are real successful recruiters, they're making a lot of money. But you know what? They do it because they love it. They love making that placement and creating that mutual satisfaction and ease between the clients and the candidates. And that's where it gets really exciting, folks. If you haven't had a dream about this business, I'd, I'd encourage you to start thinking about it more. Read books on recruiting. Uh, you, you can find articles that I've written on the web. I've, I've got books that you can order that are less than $30 on my product section. And I'm not using this as a way to promote that. I'm telling you that you need to get knowledge of this business in your mind. You can subscribe to the Fordyce letter or read Employment Marketplace. You can find articles on the web. A lot of them are free about your profession and start reading those. Print them out and read them. Take them with you on the subway if you commute into work or if you ride public transportation. Read it during that time have articles or what I do I'll keep past issues of the Fordyce letter scattered throughout the house and I'll read them and, and I have some dating back to 1996 and it's the same issues it's the same problem so let me summarize the three things I want you to do from this point on number one I want you to increase the amount of time you spend on the phone by an hour how are we gonna do this 15 minutes in the morning 15 minutes in the afternoon I want you to expand your work day 30 minutes 15 in each direction Plus, look for 15 minutes of wasted time in the morning and look for 15 minutes of wasted time in the afternoon. That's going to give you a whole hour. So that's step number one. Step number two, increase your connect rate by 25%. Use the telephone discipline tool to set hourly goals. And like I said, you can download that from the link on my site that says freebies. Scroll to the very bottom, print it out. It's a free tool. Keep track of how many people you connect. Now you've got hourly goals. See if you can squeeze out one more call per hour. If you're making four connects per hour right now, and if you get one more, that's a 25% increase. And then third, increase your conversion rate by 25%. If you do those three things, I would bet that you will increase your income by at least 50%. That's my promise to you. This business is built on mastering just a few fundamentals and making incremental improvements in major areas. That's what it's all about, folks. There's no mystery to this. What's the weirdest thing you've ever had happen with a candidate? What's your weirdest recruiting story? I ask that question anytime I speak before an industry group. And I love hearing some of the answers. Some of them are kind of interesting. Some of them are flat out scary. Some of them are very bizarre. 
I asked that question when I spoke at the Sanford Rose convention a few months ago, and Pat Brown raised his hand, told us his story, and I interviewed Pat, and I want to play my conversation that I had with Pat a couple of weeks ago. I think you'll find this real interesting. I've got with me on the line Patrick Brown, who is the managing partner for Sanford Rose Associates Rochester in Minnesota. I met him when I spoke at his industry's annual meeting a couple of weeks ago at Kay Bassman's office in Dallas, Texas. He recruits in the niche of automotive, life sciences, and alternative energy. And when I ask people, whenever I speak before a group, I always say, what's your weirdest recruiting story? Well, having done training for so long, I thought I'd heard it all until I heard Patrick's story. So I have Patrick on the line, and Patrick, share with us your weird recruiting story. Yeah. Well, how are you doing, Scott? Uh, thanks for having me. Well, you know, the, my story, I've got to tell you also, is um, I, I came up through uh, human resources. I'm one of those rare recruiters that actually worked in the human resources organization. And many years ago, I was an internal recruiter for a large defense uh, contractor. And at that time, I was looking, I was recruiting mostly for engineering, and I got a request for a high-level advanced medical or advanced metal technology engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, this position uh, was a really specialized position. It would require a high level of security due to the development of specialized armor for this uh, company I was working for. And back then, unlike today where you've got the Internet, you've got LinkedIn, back then, you know, we would advertise in the papers, uh, technical magazines, and, what, and, and job fairs. And um, I did receive a resume after putting an ad in a technical magazine from a candidate. And, you know, he had a name like Lee Ward. It was a very, uh, you know, common, common name. Um, but I looked at his resume, and Scott, this guy had everything we were looking for. It was as if his resume was made specifically from our ad. He had advanced metals, metals background. He was a metallurgist, engineering uh, degreed individual. And he even had, believe it or not, previous defense experience with one of our uh, competitors. So, you know, I took this resume, I reviewed it with the organization. They're like, yeah, we got to get this guy in, bring him in for an interview. He met with um, the director uh, of engineering. He met with the VP of engineering. Uh, everybody was so excited about this candidate. And, I, you know, I was a hero because they could not believe that I found a guy this qualified that met everything that they were looking for. Um, his salary expectations were in line with the job as well, and best of all, he wanted this position. So everything looked great, and uh, what do they say when everything looks great, right? <laughs> um, so all we were, we were working the offer, I got his references, asked him for references, and that's when it got a little crazy. Um, gave me several letters of recommendation, and one in particular was a letter with the CIA letterhead on it, and this recommendation was signed by the director of the CIA at the time. And, and I remember looking at this letter, and 
the letterhead was actually embossed, and I'm thinking, wow, this is this is legitimate letterhead from the CIA. Now, this guy has CIA clearance and a letter of recommendation from the director. What can be better than this? So uh, I took it to my boss, who looked at it and told me to immediately get down to our security department. And uh, I went down to the security chief. He looked at the letter, and he said, hey, I think we have a problem here. And I'm like, why? This guy's great. Everyone wants him. Uh, we can get him for the money. He goes, no, look, you don't understand. I don't, I'm not sure how to break this to you, but the CIA is not in the market to be giving letters of recommendations. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he says, well, don't you understand? That would kind of defeat the purpose. The CIA, you know, is top secret. They don't really want people know, knowing that you work for them. And this guy's actually got a letter of recommendation. It it, it doesn't, it, it seems weird. Hmm. So, um, turns out, after he made a couple phone calls, um, Mr. Ward was actually wanted by the FBI. Good grief. And uh, he was wanted for uh, espionage and possible, uh, he, possibly he was selling government defense contractor uh, technology to the Chinese, believe it or not. So uh, the FBI was very excited that we he had surfaced uh, because they had been looking for him for quite some time. And then they came back. I met with them. They came into the office, and they said, we, what we want you to do is call him up, let him know you've got a job offer that you want to extend to him personally, and get him into uh, get him into the office. Get him into the office. So, um, not that I felt real good about this, Scott, but uh, you know I knew the FBI agents would be in the lobby, so I, <laughs> I called uh, I called Lee up. Uh, he was very excited about the opportunity. He came in the following uh, following day. Uh, I brought him into my office, sat him down. And then just then, the FBI agents came into the office, handcuffed him, and arrested him. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget it. As he was walking out, he looked over his shoulder at me, and he, and he says, uh, I won't hold this against you. <laughs> and I'm thinking, great. You know, a, a potential uh, spy, and uh, he won't hold this against you. <laughs> you know, I helped catch him. But, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. Um, it's one of those very uh, weird stories, that, uh, but true, and that um, just you know stays with me. That's crazy. And didn't he uh, send you flowers or something like that later? You know, he he actually did. Um, he it, it was uh, like a year later. Uh, I got a bouquet of flowers uh, sent to the office. And, uh, you know, with a little note that uh, just asked me how I, uh, how I was doing. So it was like, wow, is this guy out or what's going on? You know? <laughs> so, At least he didn't send uh, you a resume, right? <laughs> he didn't send me a resume or he didn't send any friends to my office. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, that was a strange story, man. Well, Patrick, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the podcast to share that with everybody. I know that a lot of recruiters will uh, will now have a greater appreciation for all the bad things that they see happen to their candidates and uh, know that it 
If they thought they had a bad situation, that's a that's a pretty tough situation that you went through. Thanks so much for your time, Patrick. Well, thank you, Scott, for having me. If you have a weird recruiting story, send me an email. My email is scott at scottlove.com. I'd love to hear about that. I'd love to record you and put you on my next podcast. People ask me about the services that I offer to recruiters. I do three things. First, I do in-house training and consulting where I come to your office and I show your people how to recruit. I listen to them make phone calls. I do individual consulting with them one-on-one. I spend time with the managers looking at their strategy on their operational procedures uh, and do a whole bunch of stuff in-house. Secondly, I speak at industry conferences. And then third, I do one-on-one coaching. I do private coaching. Then I also do group coaching. The group coaching is what's known as my coaching club. And that's something usually for advanced recruiters. If you have at least two years in the business, that might be a cost-effective way for you to continue on your professional development. It starts at $77 a month. There's over 100 hours of audio downloads of my training that you have access to. Take a tour. Watch the video on the Coaching Club link. And like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to email me personally. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk with you next time.